0: You're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Voices of Value, episode 12, with my good friend
1: Peter Kakos. Peter, welcome back for another episode.
2: Thanks, Rick. It's uh, great to be back, and I think let's get straight into it today, right off the cuff. No time for fluff. There isn't in this market, and there isn't in this world we live in now, the ever-changing world we live in. And there is uh, well and truly no time to fluff. And the, and the real question out there, and I guess the real statement I want to make straight off the bat, is it's, it really is time to get on purpose. And we've spoken a lot about comfortable being uncomfortable and things like that. But I think today, Rick, what I'd love to discuss, and I don't know what I've been hearing out there, is let's talk about some home truths. Let's talk about the things that, that really are non-negotiables in today's market. Because you could either blame... Or have excuses and, and and deny certain things. Or today, I want to talk about the accountability and that ownership um, that we need to be making, and also that responsibility that each and every one of us have. Because you know, in the real estate world. It's a changing market. In fact, it's one of the biggest changing or the quickest changing markets that we've seen in quite some time. However, there's still people that are trying to avoid the things that just need to be done on a day-to-day basis because we need to 2x, 3x, 4x what we're doing on a day-to-day basis just to have the same results.
1: Yep, (laughs) that's right. That's a good point. I mean, I think, you know, the old saying is small talk. I reckon we're going to have big conversations. Big conversations come with getting direct to the point and say, Hey Pete, this is an update. I'll be very brief. You know, it doesn't matter how you start off, but if you just start off by even using that language of Peter, this is Rick here from XYZ Company. This is a business call, so I'll be very brief. It gives you the chance to then to go. The purpose of my call is that's great dialogue, I think, just to get straight to the purpose, cut out all the fluff, yep. and get into the real big conversation. So let's sort of explore that a little bit more potentially. Well, I know we've 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 spoken about no news is not good news, and it's quite interesting.
2: We talk about 2xing, 3xing. I talk about when you're speaking to a vendor daily, which you need to be doing, you actually need to be doing it twice a day, top and tail of the day yep. with the feedback. Great call. Because I think because there's a lot of listings that are sort of sticking around for a bit longer. Yes. And, and we know that because days on market's blown out, plus five, plus 10, plus 20 in in some areas and, and even more. Yep. So we need to have a look at, okay, if the right buyer did come along today, is your listing actually saleable? Mm. Have you had the necessary conversations to that point? Because it's not... As we've heard, I love this dialogue. It's not the property's time on the market. It's the buyer's time in the market. So we need to get really, um, really equipped with some um, initial conversation and information to help the vendors be informed as quick as possible because there's a little thing called listing constipation and I think that's (laughs) what happens when we have properties that sit around for too long is we actually forget to prospect and then finally we, oh, I've got to get this one side, I've got to get this mm. one side. All the energy and effort yes. and yet well, sometimes energy zapping um, goes into a particular property and you're not ready, you're not really refueling, you're not filling the pipe again and that's when we get this thing called a um, uh, a real estate roller coaster. So in a market that's well and truly shifting, we've got to understand that motivation shifts and what people respond to shifts. Yeah. So the motivation now, to me, is more critical than
1: ever. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. I think the other thing that we should never lose sight of either is... Those conversations that are direct and sometimes hard to do, they're also the most important ones to move someone closer to a sale today. So I think you're right. The ones that you're thinking about that you need to be moving on, because you're even giving them constant thought about the fact, gee, what do I got to do to sell this property? What do I got to do? You're actually, you know, maybe carrying a big weight yourself. You're trying to run the 100 metre sprint with, uh, you know, weight pack on your back. You've got to probably get to the point of saying, hey, Pete, uh, great start to the day. Weather's great. We've got our first real taste of summer. Your house will amazing. I'm sure the pool's great. Can't wait to show a buy. By the way, if I showed a buy through today and, and they were really, really uh, impressed with it, um, you know, if I could get an offer and it was closer to a million more than 1.2, what would you do? That's a sort of a, a conversation that sort of starts to educate the owner around preparing them for the end result. And that's yeah. the conversation we're talking about having, aren't we? Well, talking about
2: motivation, you say is your motivation to get a certain price stronger than your motivation to actually be sold? Yeah. So, because there's a price that the property is worth, and then there's a price that the property is worth to sell. Yeah. When those two link arms, we have a transaction in yeah, real estate. Absolutely. Unfortunately, right now, in so many cases, we're getting what the property is worth, but it just ain't what the it's worth to sell for the owner. Yeah. So we need to uh, understand that um, that that motivation and so forth and in, get them in tune with the market because, as I said, no news is not good news. Mm. So you need to up the ante. You need to be really talking exactly about what the buyers are saying, good, bad, or indifferent. Yep. And this comes from actually knowing your buyers as well. So knowing those people that you're dealing with and ensuring that you're giving all that information. So with the buyers, when I talk about knowing your buyers, it's, who they are and what their story is. People respond to stories, mm. so if you know the story of the buy and you're able to yeah, tell exactly. that yep. to an owner, yep. they've all of a sudden got buying in terms of real people and real situations. Yep. yep. So, and what are their wants and needs? Because. You know, there's a thing that that buyers want and they could want a list of things that's probably about five pages long. (laughs) But then we go on, what what are your real needs? And that might Mm. be just a page long. So with buyers, it's really getting them to understand or for you to understand what their needs are as opposed to buying in on what
1: their wants and needs are because that list can be absolutely endless. Absolutely. And it's all about managing the expectations, isn't it? It's not so much about managing the market or even our time in the market. It's about managing the expectations of a seller who wants a certain price, a buyer that wants to offer a little bit below that, managing the expectations. To getting towards that sort of market reality. So we say to the owners, look, just to let you know, we know you want 1.2. The buyers that we brought through actually can go up to 1.3 for the right home. They felt they were looking at a 1.1 home. Now that's managing the expectation. We're not saying they've made an offer, but every buyer through, I think, in this market has an opinion on price. Yep. So at an open, you see them whizzing, in, whiz out. You know it's not for them. Just before you go, any thoughts on the property? No, nah, we don't like it. Okay. Uh, we're, we're hoping for one, two. What do you think? Oh, it doesn't matter what. We don't like it. Would you like it at a million? Oh, I'd be okay at that, but yeah, no, it's not for us. Okay, great. Mr. and Mrs. owner, we just had someone sort of indicate around a me and obviously that's not what you want. They're not really making an offer, but we just want to let you know that that's, that's where they saw value yeah. in the property. So you and I, as vendor and agent, can set the price ex- expectation in this market, but it's the buyers who determine value and what's valuable to them. And, uh, and then when you actually get the buyer who wants to offer 1110 or 1150 and you say – Remember earlier doors we had someone offer a me and then one one and all that sort of stuff. The beautiful thing about this family, they're not looking just to get in and get out. They're looking to educate their children long term. You know, Oliver, Oscar, you know, th- these are two beautiful boys. They've highlighted your home because it's in the school zone. They're going to raise their kids here. So, just like you guys did, part, they want to grab the baton from you. That's getting back to the point you made earlier, Pete, about knowing the story of the actual buyers. These, these aren't buyers with a budget of X, these are buyers with hopes and dreams, and they think your home can fulfill it. Sometimes vendors will will on-sell the property for less money to someone who's going to love the home as much as they did. Oh, it's
2: happened, it happens a lot. It really does. So, what you're, what you're talking about there, Rick, is you're actually creating reference points. For the owners, because a lot of times an offer gets presented with the right buyer at the right time. Sure, vendors aren't ready. Yeah, it's exactly. They've right. had no reference yep. uh, point along the way. So, and those points start from day one of listing. Absolutely, it's not. You know, let's let's ease into this. You know, in seven or eight or nine or ten days, it's like, no, it starts at that
1: listing appointment and, and, and well and truly continues from that very moment. So the listing agent, they've had all the meetings with the owners, they've done all the prep work, they've had the coffees, they've been in the home for hours and they list it. Uh, the sales team come through for five minutes on the property run and they look <laughs> at it and they go, well, how much? What were they thinking? Mate, gee, a bloody high. Gee, straight away, you're being told, uh, you know, you're you're probably optimistic on price. Now, imagine if you ring back the owners at that point and go, hi, guys, um, look, just had a bit of interesting feedback from my team. One of the big mistakes I used to see was people use the property run as a way of educating the vendor to say maybe I was on the side of optimism. Wrong, wrong, wrong time to do it because then no matter what you get a week from now, a month from now, six months from now, guess what the owner's thinking? Well, you believe that from day one. Of course that's all you got. That's all your team thought but I think the first – person through, the first buy through in the preview period even before you go to the main market, Pete, they're going to give you some feedback that you've got to have that big conversation, not the small talk, the big conversation with the owners and say, hey, guys, just so you know, three was their budget, gave us feedback around one. Now, it brings me no joy to tell you that. But you need to hear it. So we don't set these conditions. We've got to report them to you. And, you know, the market is sort of obviously slowing and these buyers are saying, your price point's saying that that's what you want and, you know, your board says it's for sale but your price point says better buying elsewhere. So the vendor is probably hearing that so that they get an adjustment before the actual offer comes along. You were talking before about newsreaders and, and, yep. and trustworthiness and so forth. Do you yeah. want to just oh, well, my view is is that we've got to become like news anchors. News anchors are some of the trusted voices in our life. We hear mm. the six o'clock news, the late news, call it whatever you will, but they don't create all the negative stories. But they've got to report them. It gives them no joy to say what the dollar's doing, or it gives them no joy to say you know what unemployment's doing, or you know what's going with an election, any of that sort of stuff. They just actually they don't create the news but they've got to report them. So I would say to a vendor when I was, you know, communicating with them in tough markets, I'd say – hey, guys, we don't set these market conditions, but we've got to report them to you. If all you want to hear from me is the good stuff, well, that'll be a very short, sharp 30-second conversation. But look, this is a business course. I'll be very brief. If we want to be cashed in this side of Christmas, know we've got deposit paid, know we've got a contract, and know we've got a balance coming in the first quarter of 2019, we need to shift our thinking right here, right now. And the good news is if we can get cashed in this side of Christmas will be a cashed up buyer in that first quarter when so many other vendors want to come onto the market thinking school's back now, kids are back in school, now we'll come to the market so there'll be more options for you as a buyer. So that sort of ability to pre-frame if you will, have that pre-frame with the owner is critically important. I reckon those conversations had to happen probably 15 days ago to be honest but next best time is now. I think the interesting thing as well Rick and you would have seen this many times in your career as I
2: have is properties that have been on the market for a considerable amount of time yeah. change agents and they sell in a week. Yep. Is that magic? Is that is that for sale by magic? So this gets us to what good agents do versus what not so good agents yeah. do. Or great agents versus good
1: agents maybe. Yeah. Well that, well, that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Let's just stay on the side of positive <laughs> if we can. But I know what you mean. It's a very, How often do we see that? and you know, all the second agent does is come in and has a direct conversation mm. saying, why do you think it didn't sell? Oh, well, they probably got the wrong buyers through. They, The second agent has that opening to say, yeah, I'll, I'll just give you feedback because we deal with the same buyers. Buyers follow houses, not estate agents. Yeah. So when we deal with the buyers after they've come through your property and they come through some of ours, they would just give us feedback that it was just too high. So clearly, I'm sure Agent A probably could have done a few things better, but... The best-kept intentions of an agent cannot sell an overpriced listing. Mm. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what we do there um, unless we improve the price. And that's the key word. If you you say drop the price, they feel like they're going to their – checkbook, they feel like they're running out a cash check to the new buyer a hundred less than what they thought they were going to get. But Mm -hmm. if we say if we can improve the price closer to one, one than one, two. Realign. Realign, yeah. yeah. yeah, Just get more in line with the market. uh, We're we're pretty confident we can get some – so the second agent just has the opening because realistically they're almost like the – You've had the GP for the last eight weeks. I'm the specialist, and the specialist has to be mm. very direct with you. We need a triple bypass on your presentation, on your pricing, on your promotion. Well, typically, the second agent gets
2: paid in a market like this. Yeah, that's right. But it's interesting, the first agent, I mean, what you really need to do, you know, week two, week three, week four, what a lot need to do is actually return to the scene of the crime. Correct. That scene of the Re-appraise. crime was when you sat there yeah. in, uh, and, and, and reappraised. But when you sat there in, in that in that meeting and told them x yep. when you truly didn't believe it yeah and it just doesn't get created in markets like this by no. luck or by or by magic so the good agents or the great agents i should say have yep. well and truly got flow and focus yep. their flow on a day-to-day basis is they will have the necessary calls it's eat that frog brian tracy mm. you know it's, it's doing those hard calls up front to know that i've got to give this feedback before my day really starts mm. Great. You know, I I love that communal. Obviously, this is why one of the big things that we spoke about, wasn't it, to have this podcast, we wanted people to listen to this on a commute. And on a commute also is the ability to get two or three tough calls done before you actually hit the office as well. And then you can actually get into a bit more flow. So you've got that focus and so forth. But it's also in the actual delivery as well. So I think there's, there's four things. That I love your um, thoughts on Rick, but I think there's got to be some conviction. There's got to be enthusiasm. There's got to be that confidence. Um, there's got to be that assertiveness. The confidence and conviction, yeah, you know, very similar but but different. So. You know, if we if we say in terms of delivery, and I'm talking about the delivery to a potential seller, delivery to a buyer, but delivery to someone we, we come across, not just in real estate sort of terms, but the conviction is well and truly being able to express or
1: persuade, um, and that comes from having a fixed or firm belief. Mm, and all behaviour is belief-driven, so if we go to the owner with a conversation and say, look... Brings me no joy, but we need to have this conversation. Um, the easiest thing I can do is just let us drift along, but I can tell us right here, right now, if we go with the flow of the market, there's a fork coming in the market, it's probably already happened, and the flow's gonna lead to the biggest drop, so we need to get you into a position where we can realign your property right here, right now. I think the second agent that you talked about just a few moments ago, Pete, what they get the benefit of is, they have the first agent do all the grunt work, they they do all the hard work, they lead up the whole thing, and then they, they you know the second agent just comes in, like the us and world war ii just come at the end and get all the glory but the mm. reality is the hard yards have been done by agent one agent two comes in and then just does the uh the icing on the cake type thing takes the benefit of the education and then just creates the deal and creates it all through they've got conviction and confidence they're just yeah. saying If we stay on that path, you know, clearly I can't just put you back to the market, same thing that happened with the failed campaign, key words, the failed campaign. Mm -hmm. So we want to find success. Clearly it's going to require us to get some things done. As Agent 1, though, wanting to hold on to the listing, I would say that, you know, with a bit of conviction if you met them and I don't think you can do this over the phone. That's the only message I would say. I reckon you've got to get face-to-face with them and go, look, guys. Here's where it's at. At the start of the campaign, before we even went live onto the market, I was estimating what I thought we could get. We're not estimating anymore. Yeah, you know The results are in. There's no
2: guess. All the guesswork's been taken it's out of it. It's yeah, I love it's that. Like, I always use that in pre auction We don't chats. have
1: – yeah, I go, we don't have – it's like an election. We, we don't have the all the votes counted, but the, the trend is already there. Yeah. So yeah. we can call the election on the trend of a few boos. The boos are 1-3 buyers are seeing 1-1. One, 1-2 one. One, buyers are going – it's probably more like 1-1. One, 1-1 one. Uh, one, one buyers are going – Yeah, it seems about right. So there's a hidden message there or a direct message. It all depends on how you want to deliver it. So conviction and confidence. And here's the good news. There's some difficulty in selling for that, but the opportunity, if you cash in, gives us the chance. Then you can hear it in my voice. I'm saying, but... Just think about this, though. If we get your cash in at 1-1, you were going to go up to 1-5. If we could get that 1-5 for 1-4, now all of a sudden you're right where we are in, yeah. and then you have that conversation, don't you? Yeah,
2: well and truly. And when we're talking about confidence and, and not to be confused with arrogance because sometimes that really comes – and a lot of people are using testimonials and so forth. I like to call them evidence of excellence. Yeah. So you know, the confidence comes from providing that evidence – that you are the best person for the yep. job. And what I mean by that, uh, what I say to um, potential vendors is I've been in this business for however many years, doing auctions for very many years. I've negotiated the toughest of tough yep. situations and so forth. In fact, there's not one situation that I haven't dealt with before. So what that should really provide for you, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor is, is a great deal of, of, of confidence but a great deal of comfort Perfect, yep. in knowing that I've got your best interests there and there's no challenge that's coming up that we haven't met before. So it's that comfort that should well and truly ensure that they see me as the best agent for the job and, and, and providing them with that evidence of, of, of certain
1: of, – of those certain situations, I think it's important to do. And even if you're new and a rookie, you can say you're part of a time-tested team. So, you know, yeah, great. You know um, what we all know, and I just said this in a session I just did up in Sydney this morning, Peter, I talked about the fact that we all know in tough markets, in terms of real estate speak, that old listing that the experienced agents can't sell because they just look at it and go, that's just overpriced, not going to sell, overpriced, not going to sell, overpriced, not going to sell. It actually sells to the rookie who comes in, looks at it day one goes, this is a nice house, takes a buyer there. The buyer goes, how much do I want for this? Oh, they want one three. Gee, that's high. Compared to what? I reckon it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, do you reckon they look at 1.1? One one? Why would they look at one? one? they They're asking one three. I mean, you know, that's where you have to be. Like New people come with energy and a focus and they have absolute firm competence and confidence that this property is worth <laughs> one three. Well, they get very near full, full ask. And yeah, then as soon incredible. as it happens, you just go, how did that happen? And I'll tell you how it happened. They had the headspace for – the so we don't experience the market as it is. We experience the market as we are. Mm. (laughs) And we just kind of think, you know, I remember the good old days where we could just sign the authority, bank the check in 21 days. Well, now it's all shifted. We're going to have to have these tough conversations. So you have to be confident. You're time tested. There's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, as you said. But I think most people in difficult times – look for guidance from someone who looks like they've been through, it's not their first rodeo, it looks yep. like they know what they're doing and I think that's important too. So confidence I think is a fairly important part of that. And the conviction, you yeah. yeah. And I like to
2: think of the enthusiasm as the bit of the sprinkle on top. Yeah. Um, I, I think people are going to look for some substance, you know, well and truly uh, that you've actually been there, you've done it, or, or you at least know how to do it. Yep. But that enthusiasm, those opportunities that are out there and that – ability to have that energy and drive to actually deliver on what needs to be done,
1: mm.
2: I think just speaks volumes in this. And this market is is already testing a lot of people. It's yep. testing a lot of people. Yeah,
1: well, I got asked this morning, Pete, you know, what do you? What, they said, Rick, what do you reckon it's going to be like t- next year? I said, I reckon after 28, 29 years in real estate, this is where I reckon it will be. A bit of opportunity mixed with a bit of difficulty. Mm. There's going to be some opportunity in the difficulty if we actually have the tough conversations, but they're not really tough. Guess where they're toughest mainly? They're toughest in our own headspace. But if we actually just die, as you say, I, I, I love that concept. I, I think we skipped over it. But, you know, I'd hope that people were listening when you said, get these conversations going on your commute to work. So by the time you get to work, it's like you've eaten the Brussels sprouts. There's really good stuff ahead. Like you've had the tough conversation. So it doesn't disrupt your workflow because you've had the, the – there's, there's not going to be 33 tough calls to make. There's probably three or four every day. <laughs> so yeah. get them out early. And as, as we all know then, if you get them out early, you've got momentum on the good stuff and that tends to sort of give you a bit of momentum and flow as you said.
2: Yeah. And the last thing when I was talking about delivery is was around assertiveness and I just – Love the word, and I think I've made this well and truly known. I just love the assertiveness because it's it's someone who knows what to do, um, what to ask, mm. and then goes and actually does it. It's getting a commitment. Yep. So in this market, it's harder to get a commitment from a buyer than it is to get a commitment from a seller. Yep. But it always is should have been the same. Mm. Um, it just became a lot easier and weighted differently over the past years. But getting a commitment and having assertiveness with a buyer and knowing what to ask, how many homes you think you should look at before yep. you buy one, <laughs> why have you chosen now as a time to buy? Yep, you know in in in, in this market so. You know, are we actually looking for the bottom of the market or are we actually looking for the right home, a home where you can raise the family and that's about knowing what their situation is. So all these things are about assertiveness and taking these detailed notes on every single conversation. So on a weekend when you meet them for the first time, which is predominantly when we do meet um, our buyers for the first time, is on that follow-up call on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday. Notice I didn't say Monday because that's too late. On a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday, you're repeating back certain things that you actually spoke about at Mm. the meeting Mm. and they're like, wow, there's engagement straight away, it's trustworthy. The the actual sale starts then on that call, Mm. not when they make an offer or determine if they're interested or not. It actually starts by actually finding out a little bit more about them Mm. before you can actually
1: talk about the actual product. Well, what we're doing there, we're tapping into the emotions as much as the economics. Hey, I know you said sort of one, three, was it? What if I could show you one that is in the school zone? Uh, You can move in, plug in the telly, put up your feet. The kids will be playing out the back safely. Um, Your wife can watch them uh, as she is in the living room or the kitchen or any of the north-facing windows. What if I could show you that with the expectation that all you have to do is find an extra $50,000 because as you said, this is going to be the home you're going to raise those boys in. Mm. So if you're there for 10 years that's $5,000 a year. If you're there for 20 years, that's 2500 or 2000 a year. Like, this is no money here. We're talking literally uh, a very – what if I could show you that? So that's tapping into – the emotions and somehow getting more money from a buyer when it's not the market that buyers think they have to, you know, come up with more money. And if anything, they're thinking they're getting more value for money. So, you know, it's that ability to have that sort of stuff. So I think you're right there, the confidence, the assertiveness, the ability to articulate a message, tie it back to what's most important to them. You know, John and Mary, when we got together, you said what was most important was that it be... Ticking box A, B, C. I've shown you this home and it ticks all those boxes. And in fact, ticks boxes you didn't even know needed ticking. I think we've done enough to end the search today, haven't we? All we need to do is come up with one me and three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars mm. and we're done. Yeah. Oh, we've got to find another twenty five thousand. I'd rather find an extra twenty five thousand than go through another twenty-five homes and be disappointed. You know, so we can have certainty leading into Christmas or we can have uncertainty moving into the new year and election year federally. So that's interesting. You mm. know, there's a lot of things going on here. We could actually you know, we can't change the world but we can change our little world by knowing that we've secured our place to call home for the next few decades I reckon we yeah, that's the sort of assertive I think you're talking about Pete not being yeah. arrogant enough to say look this is best value you've got to buy this I think David Knox explained it brilliantly in episode uh, 10 I think it was um, when he was talking about managing buyers expectations and just saying at some stage it has to be about a place to call home it can't just be about the economics and trying to get a deal trying to get a bargain trying to time the markets time in the market so mm. if you pay 25 too much in your opinion, but you're here for two decades, well, I reckon that's not a bad investment, realistically, it's about a 1,000, or is it 1,200 a year or something? I don't know, mm-hmm. I can't do the math. I think it's pretty simple, though. That's the way that it is. But
2: it is time to get on purpose, and uh, and from the outset, we said it's about the home truths. So these home truths, it's a lot about setting the right expectations. If you if you're gearing up to sell a home in twenty five to thirty days, well, you're in a four fifteen to twenty day short yep. in most marketplaces right now. Agree. So we've got to realign our own thinking as well because we're thinking about realigning buyers and realigning vendors, and at the same time, we're not even making the adjustments with our own lives. Mm. As I said, upping the amount of calls. I mean, Bob Boland told us in nineteen ninety seven. Can I say yep. Yep. five face to face appointments yep. a day? Yep. You know, that was twenty one years ago. Great Rick. mantra. Great mantra, and but now we're trying to do a lot as keyboard warriors. We're trying to do a lot, um, uh, you know, on the telephone. Instead of this, in this marketplace right now, it's belly to belly, eyeball to eyeball. Homes get sold now, not at open for inspections. Homes get sold now at private viewings. That is my true belief and that's yep. a belief that I've well and to truly share with my team right now and which is why I'm really proud of it at the moment because um, our last three sales have been homes that were fail- had failed with other agents. Yep. So we're making the necessary shifts and I hope you are um, out there listening as well in your lives making these necessary um because it's one thing to listen to them, but it's another thing to take <laughs> action, <right>. yeah?
1: <laughs> yeah, understanding the principles is nowhere near as, as funky as actually living the principles. And I think, you know, when you think about that and what we're talking about here, knowing is one part, doing is the harder part, but, you know, the rewards are always there for the doers, not the knowers. Fantastic. I think we covered a lot of ground in that one, Pete, probably more than we expected. And uh, look, if we sounded up and about and our energy is high, that's the sort of thing we think you've got to bring into the marketplace, having these direct conversations and understanding that you know there's rules of engagement. And part of those rules are when you list the property, you say, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, you've earned the right now to hear everything. If a buyer comes in and says, we love it, we're going to spell it L-O-V-E. If they come in and say, yuck, we're going to tell you Y-U-C-K. Ultimately, <laughs> whatever the buyers tell us, you're going to hear too, so that together we can make sure we stay aligned with the market. Love it. Thanks, Rick. Really enjoyed today. And we had a conversation of purpose and
0: values, so we look forward to next week. See you then. We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is VoicesOfValuePodcast.com and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.